So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. It's rather like the real thing. It may take a while to really get up to full force. And so... I think it- that's an age-related issue. <laughs> I don't think everyone experiences that. Smashing Security, Episode 166. What the Dickens? Ad, Ban, Thank You Scam, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 166. My name is Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Hi, Carol. How's it going? Uh, Fine. I feel like I've talked to you a lot of times this week already. Well, yes, because we recorded our special bonus Patreon episode, didn't we? We did. Uh, <laughs> Smashing security after dark. Yeah, we put it out last night. I'd love to hear what people think about it. Did you see any comments yet? Yes, yes. One guy says, this is why I signed up for Patreon in the first place. He's very happy. And <laughs> someone else wants to go on a sort of like uber platinum gold tier. Um, in order to find out what particular name I said, which was thankfully bleeped out for yes. maybe libel reasons. <laughs> Thank God for censoring, eh? Sometimes it's a gem. But anyway, um, what we should do is we should chuck at the end of this podcast a bit, a snippet. I mean, that that patron bonus, it's about 40 minutes long, so we won't put all of that up, but maybe we could put up a couple of minutes of it at the end of the show. Yeah, deal. And tempt people to become patron supporters at Patreon.com slash Smashing Security. Okay, enough advertising. Oh, okay, yeah, right. What's coming up on today's show then? Well, first, thanks to this week's sponsors, LastPass and Domain Tools. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Now, Graham is going to tell us about a new ahem, content filter for Twitter, and I walk us through an unusually sneaky scam, all geared towards stealing your moolah. All this and oodles more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chum, chum, we have... You could just say, hey, crawl. Yeah, hey, crawl. We haven't got a guest this week. It just feels wrong not saying chum or chaps even. Yeah. I still would rather say chaps, but... Yeah, well, I don't have a dick. Okay, so, well, oh, interesting. Well, funny you should say that because in August 29, a developer going by the name of Kelsey Bressler, she had a rude awakening, poor thing. Uh, as she described on Twitter she woke up to an unsolicited dick pic 
in her direct messages. Like, okay, I, I'm glad it was in her direct messages. Right. And I'm glad it was a pick. Okay. <laughs> Not really the kind of thing that you want. And uh, First thing in the morning? No. <laughs> and and appara- apparently the way the conversation went is that they, they said, uh, hey, she didn't reply. And then they said, why don't you talk to me? Because I interrupt. Yeah. You're a guy. Yes. Why do guys want to send dick pics? Can you explain it to me? Well, <laughs> you know, I really don't only, understand. The only reason I could fathom that you could possibly want to send a, a photo of your penis to somebody is if you had some kind of urgent medical ailment. Um, oh, like your cooter <laughs> issue. Did like, you do it then? <laughs> so if if you... <laughs> So if you, so if there was some medical emergency, you might want to do it. I can't really imagine why else, unless someone was very, very insistent uh, that you would ever want to do such a thing. Anyway, she it just seems there's a lot of guys that like to do it. She, she well, is that in your experience or what? Carry um, on with your story. Come on, you're digressing. Okay, she wasn't entirely sure how she should respond, and some of her Twitter followers they suggested responses like, um, "Oh." That looks just like a penis, only smaller. <laughs> or, <laughs> right, making it personal. Nice. Or not sure if that's a dick pic or a thumbs up uh, that you're giving me there. Which Sorry, I, thought, I don't smoke. <laughs> so I thought that was... But anyway, Kelsey, she's a smarty pants developer. So rather than just reporting the user to the Twitter police for sending offensive pictures of his skinny chipolata to her, um, she instead rolled up her sleeves and wrote some code. And on Valentine's Day, just gone, uh, appropriately enough, she unleashed what will probably be her lifetime's greatest achievement. It is... I'm listening. ...a Twitter filter for dick pics. Hallelujah. (laughs) What's her name again? Kelsey Bressler. Kelsey Bressner. She's the girl of the day, isn't she? there, There you are. It is called Safe DM. For direct messages. Let me take a note. I'm just writing that down. Right. SafeDM.com is the place where you want to go. You can find out all about it. Uh, DMs are direct messages, of course. And there's this whole thing about slipping into your DMs, isn't there? It's like when someone is chatting to you publicly on social media, but then they go into your direct messages because they're going to get a little bit down and dirty and a bit personal um, and maybe send you a (laughs) photograph of their penis. Now, SafeDM is a free service that can block unsolicited nude photographs. Specifically, Kelsey has requested that Twitter users forward to her their dick pics. She set up a special account called Show Yo Deek. Uh, so that's S-H-O-W for show, and then yo as in yo, and <laughs> deek, so street. deek as in D-I-Q. So Show Yo Deek. Make sure, please, you spell it correctly. You don't want to send it to the wrong person. You get into awful trouble. So if it is a, a photo which you are authorised to send, and if you're over 18, obviously, then it's all legal. Okay, I double love her now. Not only has she developed the service, but she's basically saying, hey, guys, you need a channel. You need a vector for this dick energy. You need yeah. somewhere to put your here. dicks. Yeah, here you put go. Put your dick pics here. Love it. Send nudes for science. Now, if you send them to that address via DM, not as a public Twitter message, obviously, they will be fed into Kelsey's system, which is basically an artificial intelligence system, which is learning all about penis photographs. Are you sure she's not just taking the Twitter handle and blocking it? Well, (laughs) because that's what I do. 
Well, no, I don't think this is purely for men to send in pictures of their own dicks. It may be that if you're a woman who has received a dick pic and you would like the filter to improve, maybe it's one that slid past the filter. You, <laughs> you could forward it over. Forward it over to her system yeah. where it will learn. Bounce your dick over there. About the characteristics of a particular penis. <laughs> And then we'll block it in future. So it, it's adding to the knowledge, right? Now, do you think there'll ever be like a Google, what are they called, you know, to, to verify that you're human? It'll be like clicking all the dicks. Oh, the, well, the, there was something like that. Do you remember? I think in a past episode, David McClelland, in one of his early guest spots with us, he talked about a porn website, which was asking you to verify Oh, yeah, verify something. your age or something. Or verify you were male or something by taking a photograph of your I think it was and- age. Was it age? <laughs> oh, my word. Anyway. <laughs> Just to make sure you're old enough to be on the saucy sites. Or if you've all got grey hairs, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grey pubes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that could be in our title, grey pubes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, so, so far, over 4,000 dick pics have been sent into the system. And Kelsey reckons that her filter blocks up to 99% of the penis photos. So this is how it works, Krog, because you may want to put this in place. In case. Oh, yeah, you, I have a it, serious problem right, with right. this. <laughs> and now we've been talking about it on the podcast. Maybe we'll start receiving these ourselves. Do you think it's also a picture of men that act like dicks as well? Do you think she can move that well, into the next uh, version? She has specifically asked that the pictures don't include people's faces or any identifying information. You can send in tattooed penises, which, of course, might have your social security what number on them. What about with a Prince Albert? Uh, or, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> well... <laughs> Anyway, this is how the filter works. Let's let's move on. This is how the filter works. Imagine, Kroll, you sent me a picture of a penis via Twitter, via Twitter direct message. As right? I as I often do. Okay, yeah. So what Safety M would do is it would look at my direct messages, spot what it believes to be a dick pic, deletes it so I can no longer see it, but sends a message back to you, the sender, and you can even optionally block them. What if someone has wiry hair and a really long face? What? <laughs> she could get sued. I hope she's got good liability insurance in place. Well, there are a few problems, right? Mm. Um, one problem is that the uh, the filter takes, well, it takes a few minutes to rev up. So you, it won't necessarily... <laughs> so if you get a flood of, go- of, of, of cock shots, right? It, 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 <laughs> It's rather like the real thing. It may take a while to really get up to full force. And so I think that's an age related issue. (laughs) I don't think everyone experiences that. So, so, (laughs) so, um, it, it, so it might be that if you're very quick on the Twitters and you say, Oh, I've got a message and you go and look at it, it'll be there. Whereas if you were to wait a couple of minutes, it may have by then got round to actually analyzing it. Okay. So Twitter addicts are screwed. Yes, potentially. Now, I haven't (laughs) tested this service myself because I don't tend to receive dick pictures. Although, actually, now I think about it, I have once received a photo of someone's dick. I was um, giving a speech at the Excel Centre in London. It was it was the biggest speech I've ever got. It was for Microsoft Future Decoded. There were thousands and thousands. It was like a rock stage. Right, right, yeah, no, and that's exactly what I associate people. Microsoft with. Yeah. Oh well, it was a huge event. It's like right? a Zeppelin event, right? And um, it, it, oh my goodness, it was it was like being at a Madonna concert, and but all they got to see was me instead. So I went on and I did my thing and I gave my talk, and um, 
coming off the stage, I thought, oh, I wonder what the response was from all those geeks in the audience, right? And, uh, I, you know, I, I got people telling me, hey, your, your shoelaces are undone or something like that, right? So there were sort of personal comments. And one person in the audience actually just sent me a picture <laughs> of their penis. Well, well of I, a I, penis. Well, yes, I don't know. I don't know. think he I, signed it, I right? didn't verify. <laughs> right. Or whether he took it there in the audience. Spot the difference. <laughs> he was so bored. Um, but yeah, so I, I did. Um, that wasn't very pleasant, actually, I have to say. And uh, I do feel for the people who might receive them more regularly than me. Now, although I haven't tested it, the marvellous chaps at BuzzFeed did. Okay. They went onto Wikipedia, where there are some penis photographs, and they fed them into the system to see if they'd be... So- they also went to a Reddit channel. There is a Reddit channel called Wildy Penis. Um, where apparently there's lots of very varied penises, flaccid tattoos, ones wearing overalls, you name it, they are up there. And um, so, and they fed them into the system. So they tried it to see how well it would actually block the messages. Now, Carol, I wanted, I thought it might be fun uh, to share some of these photos with you. Uh, Uh, Well, I'm going to do that right now. So I'm going to just chuck some in the document right now, which we're sharing. So I'm just pasting one in now. Oops, Daisy, let's do it like this. Yeah, I'm not looking. No, do look. They're all safe. Oh, do I have to? So, yep. So uh, you will see it there. (laughs) The The most famous penis of them all. (laughs) So that's Michelangelo's David, the statue. They're prettier in stone. So, yes, they are, aren't they? So that one was detected. Uh, there's another one I've just put in below there. Um, that isn't a penis. It'd be very unfortunate if it was. That is a lipstick. Um. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is as nature truly intended, um, which astonishingly is not a penis. Whoa. Yeah. That Whoa. is a plant. Called the penis plant? I don't know what it's called. I, that I, would, I think a lot of men would be envious of that plant. I, I, dread, to, I dread to Google it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I know. It's quite... Um, it, Majestic. It, it, yes, exactly. <laughs> and finally, finally, here's one, <laughs> which it didn't stop, which it allowed through. Here we have a statue of what appears to be a monk giving a young boy a loaf oh of bread. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to have to put these pictures up on I the think- website, aren't you? I think what I'll do is I'll link to the BuzzFeed article so people can check these pictures out for themselves. Brilliant. But the one of the statue is um, is quite wonderful. So <laughs> <laughs> now it doesn't just block penises. Apparently it will also block la vagine as well. Oh, la vagine. Um, yes. So, so ladies, your lady gardens, uh, they may well be barred. Keep them off Twitter. Was, I don't know that people, do girls do that kind of thing? Do uh, yeah, not the, ones, not the ones in my echo chamber. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, back doors also, they are unwelcome as well. Oh, they can also be spotted. Just so smutty. It is. And I, I would like to apologize. But she's trying to stop the smut. So exactly. yay her. Exactly. Now, now it's not all good news. Stop thinking that this is all fantastic. Because, of course, there are dangers associated with this, right? In order to get this to work, you have to authorise the SafeDM app to link in with your Twitter account. Exactly. And I'm sure it's been written well and competently, but you do have to give it a huge amount of access to your account to do its work, such as the ability to view pics and block users, right? That's, That's what it's meant to do. And the developers are aware that it's actually got much more power than that because, unfortunately, 
Twitter doesn't offer much granularity, right? Yeah. It doesn't allow you to say, oh, this third-party app, it can access my DMs and block people, but it can't follow accounts or it can't update my profile or it can't post and delete public tweets. So you have to give it access to everything. This is a big problem for lots of plugins and security startup right. companies because in order for them to monitor, they need to get access to a lower level to be able to kind of stop stuff from happening. Yeah. But the problem is you have to give them permissions to do that. And in some cases, I mean, it's, 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 it's really, it's a jungle out there for people because do you go by reputation? Do you go because it's a really great idea? And who's to say at one point, I mean, I'm sure Kelsey's put in lots of work and I think she's honourable in what she's doing, but what if she were hacked or what if this tool were compromised in There'd some way? There'd be dick pics everywhere. Well, <laughs> well, It'd be the reverse of what she wanted. Well, <laughs> potentially, yes, they could start multiplying. Uh, <laughs> Exponentially. Just, just, ah! just, just imagine, you know, think of the curve. Um, <laughs> it would be horrendous. So be a little bit careful about installing things like this. There's nothing wrong with it as far as we can see at the moment. But if you are suffering a great deal from this sort of deluge of uh, penis, um, then uh, what's what's French for penis, Crow? Deluge. <laughs> I was trying to think of what the… Uh, it's the same, Graham. Is it? Really? Yeah. yeah. That's a bit disappointing. They don't put an E on the end or anything. Penis. No, they have an accent. Oh, they have. Does it? Where? <laughs> what the E. Does it? <laughs> penis. What, what? Is that how you say it? Oh, extraordinary. Um, anyway. Um, Graham. Are you basically uh, trying to get our listeners to send in dick pics to this woman to test her service? Is that what you're doing? Are you doing a public service ad here? Well, I, I think it's entirely up to people whether they want to send pictures of their penises, flaccid or other size, to this artificial intelligence system. Uh, personally, it's not something I'm racing to do myself. <laughs> um, I, I feel if she has 4,000 penis You're a busy man, probably... you don't drink coffee, yeah, exactly. you don't have time I, for dick pics. I, I, I think it, it's probably already been covered uh, to a large extent, uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, looking forward, looking to the future, there's no reason why this kind of tech couldn't, of course, be integrated into other systems. And maybe the likes of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter should begin to do something like this themselves rather than leave it to third parties. Well, it often starts with, you know, good ideas often start with, through, right. you know, with yeah. third parties and then yeah. the big guys just hoover it up, steal it and yep. say it's their own. Yep, that's true. That's often the way it is. That's but, what you um, want. I think more power to Kelsey's elbow. I think fantastic that she's been doing all this work and hopefully it will protect some people. But just be aware, it does yeah. sort of open the doors to all kinds of dodgy behavior going forward. Yeah. And there it is, safetym.com. And read more about BuzzFeed's experiment because it's quite a cock free <laughs> Twitter. Here we come. So, <laughs> Carol, what's your story for us this week? Okay, I'm going to have this wacky scenario for you. But imagine for a second that all the scams out there, you know, like phishing scams and ransomware and poisoned ads, yes. they're all milling about at a party, right? Okay. Snoozing and chit chatting away, right? You've got the old Nigerian 419 scammers bored in the corner because no one falls for them anymore. The romance scammers are frustrated at being turned down left, right, and center. Who's in the kitchen discussing house prices? That's what I want to know. <laughs> when in walks this little sneaky number oh, and yeah. all heads turn, like, who the hell is that? Oh, yeah. Now, I'd like to now tell you it's called blah. 
but it's so new, I don't think the scam's kind of been named. So maybe we can come up with a Ooh, name together. Okay. So listeners, Graham, thinking caps on. Yo, describe it. Let's see what we come up with. Yeah. Right. So it all starts with an email. And this was an email that was sent to Brian Krebs by one of his readers. Krebs didn't name him, but we will. We'll call him Frankie. Now, Frankie apparently maintains a few high traffic sites. And Frankie serves ads through the Google AdSense program. Right. Now, a few quick facts on Google AdSense. Um, Its program was launched in 2003. Today serves almost 11 million websites. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, 734,000 publishers were removed from AdSense as part of their quality control measures. Okay, so I'll just keep that in your back pocket. So these might be scammers, for instance, or, or people who are promoting dodgy things via the ads and they're just trying to clean up the network. Exactly. Right. So now let's get back to Frankie, the website mm-hmm. guy, Webby mm-hmm. Frankie. Now, Frankie gets an email from Persons Unknown, and the email says that they plan to flood Frankie's Google ads with traffic. Now, you might be thinking, why would this be a problem? Surely this is a big kerchin moment, right? Uh, every uh, ad click generates some money for the site owner, right? Yes. But no, the scammers promise that the flood of traffic will be direct bot-generated web traffic with a 100% bounce ratio and thousands of IPs in rotation. And this is where the webby Frankies of this world might start to get a little sweaty under the collar. Because they get the scam now, right? The game plan is to ruin Frankie's Google AdSense account, effectively killing his moneymaker. Because Google would detect that kind of behavior and they'd think, oh, it's Frankie trying to make his ad look really popular or some, someone's making money by sending lots of traffic to that site or... Basically, Frankie's sitting there, gets this email... Uh, The email basically says, you know, look, we are going to be throwing all this traffic towards you, right? It's not going to be good traffic. And by flooding your sites with shitty traffic, Google algorithms are going to smell something fishy. And Google is going to fire you a warning shot sending you this notice. They say it says, ad serving on your content uh, is currently being limited to invalid traffic concerns. We'll automatically review and update this limit as we continue to monitor your traffic. But of course, the scammers don't stop, right? They continue to hammer Frankie's sites with bogus clicks. So Google then temporarily right. suspends Frankie's account and all the revenue is refunded to the advertisers. Oh, so Frankie ends up with empty pockets. Yes. And then the scammers say, sure, Frankie, you can lobby Google to get the ban lifted, but this usually takes about a month. (laughs) They promise that if Frankie manages it, they will simply just retarget him and hit his ads again with a glut of shitty links. And this, of course, could lead to a permanent ban, leaving Frankie as a statistic like the one I read out earlier. Gotcha. Of course, there is an out. All Frankie has to do is pay 5000 in Bitcoin and the problem goes poof. Oh, it is interesting because, of course, I mean, over the years, we have seen ad click malware and ad fraud, which has generated sort of bogus traffic to ads in order for someone ultimately to make some money um, by making their ads appear more popular. Uh, and 
in a way, they're, they're sort of using the same technique, but this is really crafty, the idea of getting them kicked off Google. Mm. Because for many people, Google is it, right? If you aren't making it, – it's like you'd have to find another advertising network. But, of course, there's no reason why another advertising network, if you decided not to use Google ads. Mm. M- many people do, of course. Um, well, Brian Krebs, being Brian Krebs, got in touch yeah. with Google. Right. And Google declined to discuss this reader's account, but said that this looked like it was only planning an attack. So they say, quote, we hear a lot about the potential for sabotage. It's extremely rare in practice. And we have built some safeguards in place to prevent sabotage from succeeding. How does, <laughs> how t- how does that tell the difference between a blackmailer doing it, an extortionist doing it, and someone who's... So I was thinking about this, and I don't know if Google actually will really care because it's not going to happen to a ginormous percentage no. of holders. And indeed, it makes a huge amount of cash out of this and has tons and tons of users. So if they have to lose 5%, who cares? So well done on Frankie for going public and revealing this to the world. Maybe yeah. we need more people if they have received similar threats. Well, there is a form. Right. Okay, so go and read Brian Krebs. Uh, there's a link mm-hmm. in the show notes uh, to his article, but uh, he provides a link to the form on Google where publishers can contact Google if they think they're victims of sabotage. But being a victim of sabotage isn't the same as getting a threat of sabotage. I imagine at this stage, Google would maybe do nothing. And I indeed probably didn't do anything, which is why he got in touch with Brian Krebs in the first place. Right. So basically, Google are saying, well, nothing bad has happened at mm-hmm. the moment, so we don't have to act upon anything. But by the time something bad happens... It takes a month for it to come back. At least. Yeah. But it's an interesting approach of um, a, a scammer using Google algorithms against a user. Yeah. Like it's using its own systems. Well, I think the real problem ultimately here is our over-reliance on single technology companies. It's the fact that when you have a company which more or less has a monopoly, as, you know, Google has quite, (laughs) you know, it is the internet advertising company, isn't it? And so many people are using its systems to get signed up with someone else. It's, It's difficult to switch. And even if you did switch, that's the thing, isn't it? They could, if they really wanted to, target you again. But it seems like they've deliberately targeted Google ads in this particular case. And look, that is very standard, isn't it? Uh, where uh, attackers go after the biggest marketplace yeah. available. Like, so in the same way that, you know, Windows malware, there's a greater number for Windows malware than Apple malware. I can imagine Google's going to ha- get more heat than other ad services. You know what Frankie needs to do, don't you? Go to Hollywood. He needs to... <laughs> That's a bit of a throwback. Uh, no, he, he needs stop doing adverts. He needs to start looking into sponsorship instead. Maybe if he had sponsors on his website, rather than reliant on Google ads, that'd be better. Now, um, what are we going to call this scam? I came up with two names. Oh, okay. What have you got? Grabbed by the goo ads. <laughs> very creative okay an ad ban thank you scam carol did you actually come up with that ad ban thank you scam yeah (laughs) this morning in about 30 seconds so there you go you're a genius This week's Smashing Security podcast is sponsored by Domain Tools. They help security analysts turn threat data into threat intelligence. 
Now, Domain Tools have something special to offer listeners this week, and I've got a special guest to tell us all about it. That's right, Graham. A study has been done into how automation is changing IT security, and specifically the staffing of IT departments. Oh, thanks very much. And I'm guessing that although there are challenges, automation can help increase the productivity of IT security teams? That's correct, Clue. And there are still some roles that are better done by human beings. So don't panic. Marvellous. Visit domaintools.com slash smashing to learn more and download the report. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Passwords often are a pain in the you-know-where, but they don't always have to be. Take, for instance, LastPass's single sign-on feature. Now, single sign-on is very cool because it is integrated with more than 1,200 different applications, applications that your users need to do their jobs. And this simplifies accessing those applications, making it far more streamlined. Want to learn more? Check it out at lastpass.com forward slash smashing. On with the show. And welcome back. And you join us at our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is... The week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related, necessarily. Shouldn't be, unless it's really funny. Okay, well, my pick of the week this week is not security-related. My son is away on a ski trip, which meant that me and my missus were able to go to the cinema. And have some adult time. Right. And we went to go and see not some Disney Pixar movie or something (laughs) like that, which he would probably have enjoyed. Instead, we went to see the personal history of David Copperfield. Oh, Mm. I haven't seen that. Well, you should go and see it. It is written and directed by the marvellous Armando Iannucci. Yep. A UK god. It's based upon a book, grow a book. Um, (laughs) Is it? Written by a a chap called Chucky Dickens. (laughs) Chucky Dickens. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if he's written any other books, but he's done pretty well if uh, he got this one (laughs) turned into a movie. So good luck to him. Um, It's it's got a fantastic cast. Dev Patel, you may remember from the Yesterday movie, and I think he was in Slumdog Millionaire. That's right. The chilly Tilda Swinton. Uh I love her. RT, someone who you do love, Hugh Laurie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do like Hugh Laurie. Yeah, we all love Hugh Laurie, don't we? He's no Jeff Goldbum. No, (laughs) let's not start that again. And Peter Capaldi as well as Mr. McCorber. Okay, so an all-star cast. Oh, it's a fantastic cast. And the movie is utterly delightful and enchanting, sometimes surreal. This must have come out when I was in Canada, because I didn't read about it at all. I think it might have been out for a few weeks, but it's, Mm. it's still in the cinemas at the moment, I believe. Very, very funny. Wonderfully entertaining. I found it just utterly delightful. I just thought, what a great movie. I've never read uh, David Copperfield. I don't think I've read any Charles Dickens. Really? Is that a bit embarrassing to say? Yeah, it is totally. Yes, I have. And did you know, did you know, Charles Dickens used to write for the papers, right? He wrote a column in the paper. Like Piers Morgan. (laughs) <laughs> but these basically formed some of his books, right? Yes. He would kind of, and he was paid by the word, which when you read his books, you can kind of see. Well, I think particularly in the case of David Copperfield, 
because there's an awful lot of <laughs> moving around from, and now this is going to happen, and now this is going to yep. happen. But it is such a joyous, you should read joyous, him. It, I'll tell you what, having seen this movie of David Copperfield, it's made me want to go and read the book. So I'm on a long plane journey soon. And Well, uh, you were on a plane during coronavirus? Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Well, you know, I, you know, RSA needs me, Carol, so I'm going to go there. and Bring your uh, I-95 mask. All right. Okay. But anyway, my pick of the week is The Personal History of David Copperfield, the movie by Yamendu Yanucci, and uh, I'd really recommend it to everyone. Great, okay, and I great think fun. I think you should commit to reading at least one Charles Dickens book before a set time. This year, you've got to read it. This year, I have to read a, a Dickens book. All right. Okay. The challenge has I'm been thrown down. I'm going to put it in my down. calendar so I don't forget. Okay. <laughs> All right. Carol, what's your pick of the week? Well, today is a two-pronged baby. I have a pick of the week and a nitpick of the week. Ooh. And it's the same pick of the week. So. No. My pick of the week is a podcast by Dick Wolf, makers of Law and Order. Ding, ding. Oh, is that the, oh yeah, it goes, dung, dung, doesn't it, between scenes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Now, the podcast is called Hunted, Hunted. okay? And it's an eight-parter season audio drama. And it opens with um, an FBI agent getting the lowdown on four prison escapees. And you basically swivel from her story and that of the four prisoners on the run. And it's fast-paced, action-packed, tightly scripted, Mm. well-produced. It's all good, right? But now for my nitpick of the week. So the shows are about 15 minutes long. So that's not very long. But there's about five minutes of fluff in every episode, Right? So ads, promos for other shows, long trailers about, you know, going over what happened in previous shows, like oh. people aren't listening back to back, a coming up for the next future shows. It's too much. That would be all right if it were an hour long podcast. But if it's only 15 minutes, then that's a whole third of the show. Exactly. Well, it's, hmm. you know, it's a quarter of the show, isn't it? Well, five minutes. Oh, no, minutes it's a third. Is- no, no, it's 20 minutes in total. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the show's basically the show itself is fifteen minutes long. They tack on this five oh, minutes of crap. Okay. So it's Still twenty. Yeah, it's a quarter of the show is is stuff you're not invested in, and I think that's too high of a number. Do you think people feel like that about our podcast? Because we have this whole pick of the week section, which isn't security related necessarily. Do you think some people skip pick of the week? Yeah, I know Do one you? person that does. Do you? Yeah. Who's that? Who's that? See, you mean we yeah. can talk about right yeah. now, and he wouldn't ever know about it. <laughs> we could. <laughs> now, I'll tell you something else that bugs me. Another nitpick of the week. He's my nitpick of the week, <laughs> but I'll never find out. So they call it a podcast, yeah, and like. To my mind, a podcast is like a radio program. Like you have a host or an interviewer or whatever. Mm. But an audio drama is different. Like it's an entirely different experience for the listener. Um, Like it has a cast, it has actors, it has plot. It gets a different, I don't know. And it feels like we should have a name that divides because a podcast is kind of, in my view, is like people around a microphone communing about something. Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I think you should be a little bit more fluid about these things. Podcast, right? The word comes from, it's like iPod, isn't it? And broadcast? Yeah, I know. I understand. Would you have a similar program, problem with a television program if it wasn't? I don't know. I was just thinking that when I was saying this. Is, is that what it's like? I guess I think we need, a di- we need a differentiator between the two. If they're all podcasts and one's a podcast audio drama, what are we? But you, you like quite – see, I'm not a huge fan of these audio dramas, although there have been some which I have enjoyed. But I think you're much more into them than me. Oh, well, I like all kinds of podcasts, but you've right? never, I love yes. – Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what did you just say? No, I hear what I'm saying. But most – I wouldn't say audio dramas are a podcast. Well, you just did. I podcast. Yes, I was going to list them off if you you got in my way. Your dramas. I listen to news podcasts. I listen to interviews with celebrities. I listen to you know if, uh, features articles. Keep going. I listen. I listen to audio dramas. Thank you very much. But uh, nitpick unravelled. Yeah, I'm still nitpicking it. Well, well what do you want? If to- you agree with me, let me know. They don't, right? they don't it's agree. annoying that podcast means both podcast and audio no, drama. We 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 we, we just we sit in have. the nebulous field of podcast as just as along with everybody else, and then I'm saying, isn't that a little bit we confusing? Are informational, conversational, quite casual, chit chat, infocast. Why, why do you have to make up these ugly words all the time? Just a minute ago, you had a wham bam thank you scam or whatever it was. Ad bam thank you. That was that was <laughs> ad bam thank you scam. Yeah, that was brilliant, right? And grad by the goo ads. That was use good. some of that genius now <laughs> to come up with new terms for podcasts. Oh, so you think it should? No, have a term. I'm saying if you've if you've got a problem. All I'm saying is that my pick of the week is broken. A podcast made by Dick Wolf, and you can judge for yourself whether you find all the interruptions irritating. And I rest my case. Let's close the show. Well, we're almost done. There's going to be a little bit of a treat after the ending music. Yes, there is. Folks can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G, Twitter will have to have a G. Don't send us your dick pics. <laughs> and on Reddit as well in the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget... If you want to be sure never to miss another episode, subscribe in your favourite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Pocket Casts. We really recommend subscribing and uh, then you won't miss us. And big thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, LastPass and Domain Tools. Their support helps us give you this show for free. And big love to you all for listening this week. Uh, stay tuned after the show to hear a snippet of our latest exclusive 40-minute long Q&A session. And I edited it, so you know it's going to be a little bit edgy. <laughs> Check out SmashingSecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye. After Dark, a special bonus episode for our Patreon listeners. I am Graham Cleary. <laughs> and I'm Carol Turio. <laughs> yes, we have got together late in the evening. 
to answer some listeners' questions. Can I just be honest? This is not my favorite time for us to interact because we tend to fight when both of us are tired and cranky after a hard day at work. I'm not tired and cranky. Oh, you will be. Give me 15. <laughs> so we asked our followers on Twitter and also on Reddit. Not our followers on Facebook because we got rid of it. That could be a question. Why do we get rid of it? Well, well, <laughs> well no, you could have sent that question in if you wanted, but you didn't. <laughs> no, did you? I, was, I was dealing with other issues. I'm not talking to you, Crow. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners. No one asked us, why did we close our Facebook page can you, down? Can you just pretend to be nice just for this show? Okay. okay. So uh, who's going to start? We've got a whole load of questions in front of us. I think we should just pick, I'm gonna start. pick some out of the hat. Okay. Okay. You asked. You, I've got a question. Who's it from? John Baton. Okay. Part of the show is making fun of the co-host. Is it? Interesting. So he says, part of the show is making fun of the co-host. Has one of you ever thought, hmm, I've gone too far here? Have you ever stripped part of the discussion for this reason? John Baton. So, have- um, yes. Every single show, we remove too far material. So we get on the show, and in order for the show to be funny, we give ourselves carte blanche during the recording, right? And the recording is probably, what, an hour, sometimes an hour and 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? No no more than that, yeah. And the whole point is to go right to the limit. Is it? And we regularly skid right past it as though we were on a smear of diarrhea. We just... You can see the skid marks of the diarrhea. Yeah, and it's awful. So we remove those bits because it's embarrassing to each of us and to everyone who's listening. And uh, and it's important we do that. <laughs> because... And sometimes one of the participants on the podcast may not realise that they've gone too far. And it's only when their co-host <laughs> tells them that exactly actually right, that was... Graham. Exactly right. That was quite hurtful, what you said there. Oh, stop gaslighting. I'm not saying which one of us might have done something like that. I don't worry about hurtful. (laughs) I don't think you've ever hurt my feelings ever on the podcast. I am resilient to you. To be honest for a moment, though, Crow, there have been a couple of times when I thought, that's it. I bet you want to know what he said. And it's kind of a sneaky trick that I cut it off right there. But I just really, really want to encourage you guys to become Patreon supporters because it's not very expensive and it would be just really great to build this kind of super cool community where you guys could support us and we could give you guys the content you wanted. So if you want to hear more, visit our Patreon page. All you have to do is open up a browser, go to www.smashingsecurity.com and we'll have everything you need to know about how to become a supporter. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Well, my heart. Graham doesn't have one. Yeah. The song that's playing right now, you know what it's called? You Hurt Me So. How beautiful is that? <laughs>